My friends, I begin with a reading from the book of Genesis. God said, let us make human beings in our image, after our likeness. God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. My friends, the inherent dignity of every human person finds its origin precisely in those three points. First, that every human person is created by God himself. No one of us, no human person is ever an accident. Every single person who lives is individually and specifically willed into existence and created by God, by God himself. The second point is that every person is created by God in his own image. That is, with an immortal soul, an immortal soul endowed with an intellect that can think and so know what is true, and an immortal soul that is endowed with a will, that is, that is free to choose what is good and to create what is beautiful, to think and choose and create even like God himself. And the third point is that every person is destined to share in the likeness of God. Every person who's created by God is created for him, for life with him, in this world and forever in the next, eternally. That fundamental dignity of the human person is the basis of all human relationships, which, given our awesome dignity, should be characterized by love. A love which is second only to the love that is due God. Consider what Jesus answers when he's asked, what is the greatest law? What is God's most important commandment? He says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. That is all of God's words, his inspired words in sacred scripture. The entire Bible comes down to that. Unfortunately, that teaching is not being taken to heart these days. We've had a lot of bad news in our country lately. Sadly, many seem to have forgotten that inherent dignity of every person and the love that's due to every person. Many seem to have forgotten our country's history, and that while we've provided extraordinary freedom and opportunity for millions, still we have a shameful legacy of unjust violence against Native Americans, against African Americans, against unborn Americans. Many seem to have forgotten that hatred, animosity, discrimination, racism, hate-fueled violence, our sins against human dignity, and offend God himself. Many seem to have forgotten that black lives matter, that Native American lives matter, that unborn lives matter, that Christian lives matter, Hispanic lives matter, comatose lives matter, Muslim lives matter, Asian lives matter, terminally ill lives, lives matter, Jewish lives matter, white lives matter, Down syndrome lives matter, Hindu lives matter, all lives matter. Because ultimately, everyone is our neighbor. 
We are all fellow human persons created by God for him, but also for one another. And if we don't live according to that fundamental truth, we will be judged accordingly and not make it to heaven, but incur eternal damnation. Again, Jesus says, the gospel tells us, there was a scholar of the law who stood up to test him and said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And so then Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan. The Samaritans were enemies of the Jews, but only the Samaritan, not even the Jewish priest or the Jewish helper of the priests, cared for the poor beaten Jewish man. His sworn enemy, the Samaritan, is the one that cared for him. Again, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not pagans do the same? So be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus calls us to be perfect. That is to be perfected in love, to be daily more loving. And the proof that we truly love, the proof that those of us who are Christians are truly followers of Jesus, is how we treat specifically those who disagree with us, those who may insult us, who persecute us, those who are our enemies. Of course, as Pope St. John XXIII said, there are many enemies of the church, but of course the church has no enemies. That is, Christians have no enemies. Because just as Jesus forgives those who unjustly put him to death, so must we also pray for and forgive those who may insult us or do us any harm. As Jesus says, I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. What can we do? What should we also do? What can we do in the face of everything that's going on around us? As always, pray, speak, and work. Pray. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe, as St. Thomas Aquinas teaches, that God has determined from all eternity that certain things will only be granted us if we persevere in asking for them in prayer. And so we believe in the power of prayer, that prayer can change us, it can change others, it can transform our world. So let us pray, and let us pray in the first place for our own conversion. You know the old saying, charity begins at home, that is, love begins at home. Well, charity begins here, in the closest home. The story is told, the true story is told of that great convert to Catholicism, G.K. Chesterton, that English essayist and author. The Times of London ran a competition asking people to write in essays to answer the question, what is wrong with the world? 
People wrote in all kinds of essays, writing in all about all the things that were wrong with the world. Just as today we might think there's so many things wrong with the world. G.K. Chesterton wrote in and said, Dear Sirs, I am sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. Transforming the world begins with transforming ourselves. So let us pray first for the conversion of our own hearts. Let us pray also for the conversion of all hearts, especially anyone who may be contemplating violence against another human person, anyone who hates their brother or sister. And let us pray for justice and peace in our nation and throughout the world. And in just a minute, I'll talk a little more about justice and peace. So what can we do? Pray and speak. Speak the truth about the human person, that every human person is made in the image of God and destined to share in his likeness, and so is due to be loved as every neighbor should be loved and cared for. Speak the truth about justice and peace. Pray, speak, and work. Work for justice and peace. As Pope St. Paul VI famously said, if you wish peace, and we all wish peace, if you wish peace, work for justice. What is justice? The classic definition of justice is giving to everyone what is rightfully due to them. And what is rightfully due to every person? Again, because of the inherent dignity of every human person, what is rightfully due to every person is love, neighborly love, sacrificial love, following the example of our master. I have given you a model to follow, so as I have done for you, you should also do. And like the Good Samaritan, too, justice also means ensuring that the basic material needs that are due to every person are met. And what is peace? Well, St. Augustine, that great father of the church, defines peace as the tranquility of order, tranquillitas ordinis, the tranquility of order. That is, if everything is properly ordered, then there will be peace. That is, peace and justice. If everything is properly ordered, if everyone is given what is rightfully due to them in justice, then there will be peace. Again, as Pope St. Paul VI said, if you wish peace, work for justice. And ultimately, that means for all of us to work according to the greatest rule of all that Jesus gave us, that, that is, summarizes the, the great commandment of love for God and love for neighbor, the golden rule. Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Policemen, policewomen, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Protesters, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. President, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Governors, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Mayors, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Citizens, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. All of us, let us pray and speak out and work so that we will always do to others what we would have them do to us. I finish with some words from St. John's first epistle. Whoever says he is in the light yet hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother remains in the light. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love.
If we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is brought to perfection in us. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For whomever does not love a brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Amen.